0: Stop here for a bite to eat. Welcome to Dublin City Docklands. Only a couple of more hours until we get the ferry to Liverpool. Oh, I really need a cup of tea. It's so early. This is the best time of the day, Searsha. Everyone else lazing about in bed, missing it all. Oh, but I do really need that cup of tea.
1: Mum, you know you're obsessed with tea.
0: Don't knock it till you've tried it, kid.
1: I think I'll pass. Thanks.
0: You know, I think I was about your age when I last went to Liverpool to see the cousins.
1: Back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. (laughs) Ha
0: ha, very funny Saoirse, wasn't that long ago. Mum, what's this? These statues of people, all in rags. Oh, have you not seen these before? It's a memorial to the famine in Ireland. These statues represent some of the people who are trying to escape. You see, they have some belongings with them.
1: Where were they going?
0: Across the Atlantic, I suppose. America, Canada. In fact, they probably went to Liverpool first, then boarded what were called coffin ships. What a difficult journey that must have been. Can you imagine?
2: There's no other way, Margaret. It's too late to turn back now. We must go. This ticket to Canada is our chance at a fresh start.
1: This doesn't feel like a fresh start. It feels like we're giving up. Leaving Ireland, the only place we've ever known. Leaving Ma.
2: There's a new home for us somewhere else, Margaret. A better home. And your poor Ma, God rest her soul, she would have wanted us to get through this pet. Whatever it takes. Will you take the baby for a moment to see if you can get her to settle?
1: Come here to me, Ellen, and stop your fussing. I don't think I could have imagined Dublin. I had been to Galway with my father once, but I had never been anywhere with so many people, and some of them wearing very fine clothes. A part of me was fascinated to see it, and as we came closer... I wondered if the port would be as enormous as my father said it was. But what awaited us was a sight I'll never forget. As we turned the corner, we saw hundreds and hundreds of people, men, women and children, all walking and hobbling along the road towards the boats like a thousand weary ants.
3: Excuse me, where's this group coming from? We're from the strokesdown Estate in Roscommon. We've walked all the way along the Grand Canal to get here. We've been sleeping out in the open air for days. The bailiff and his men didn't want us to stop at all, or even slow down. What a journey. How many of you are there? Well, there's well over a thousand people, I'd wager. We've all been given passage to Canada by the landlord of the estate at Struckstown, Major Dennis Mahan. All of you? I've heard of a few tenants
2: being assisted to leave, but this Major Dennis Mann must be a generous landlord. Uh,
3: I don't know. Perhaps it was generosity, or perhaps we were a problem to get rid of. Either way, there's no food at home, so we have no choice. Some of the people here are unwell. It's a miracle they made it this far, if you ask me. Anyway... I best keep going Good to meet you And safe journey onwards And you Dad, these poor people You see now, Margaret We have no
2: choice either It's the same across the country There's nothing left at home No potatoes, no grain No hope Except for these tickets right here In my hand This is our hope
1: After that, I didn't say anything else about it. I knew my father was right. People at home were all leaving for America, Canada or the workhouse. And some weren't even that lucky. We queued for the steamship to Liverpool in silence. My father said that people in Dublin had pointed and jeered at the Strokestown migrants as they walked through the city. As if it was their fault that they were in such dire circumstances. I felt angry that they could be so cruel. As we boarded the boat, I didn't look back at Dublin, but I imagined my mother at our cottage in Clare, waving us off. Although at first we were glad to be able to rest our feet, the steamboat that brought us to Liverpool was stuffy and uncomfortable and we were cramped in the hold, all squashed together. The rest of the people were up on deck and I couldn't decide which would have been worse. The ferry lurched side to side and made us feel sick, so we were all glad to disembark and gladder still that the journey took less than a day. In Liverpool, my father, Ellen and I found lodgings that night where we would stay for a week waiting for the next ship that would bring us to Canada. It was not a pleasant stay, sleeping on a cold floor with lots of other people. But as we were well and had a small supply of food, we were luckier than most. And we were glad of the one blanket we had, which Da insisted on me and Ellen using. He said he was used to the cold.
3: Hello again. Do you know of anyone who's looking to buy passage to Canada? No, and we have our passage already. Are you not travelling onwards yourself? I've heard that the ships are death traps. I've decided to sell our tickets and stay here in Liverpool with my children. Really? Do you think there's a living to be made here? I honestly don't know, but I'm afraid of the ships. You hear terrible stories.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard the stories, but many people have managed the crossing and I really believe there's a better life to be had in Canada. Well, I hope that's true for
3: you. Godspeed.
1: We heard of a few others who also sold their tickets to Canada, deciding to stay in Liverpool. I wondered if that was the right choice for us but my father said we must take the chance we had that we might not get another one. He didn't much like England and he didn't want to live in a big city. He said he would prefer the countryside and a wide open space for us all, even if it meant a longer trip. Our ship to Canada was called Aaron's Queen and he said that such a fancy name for a ship was a good sign. When I saw it first, I felt excitement at the journey ahead I didn't know yet all the sorrow that it would bring. <coughs> 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 Our weeks at sea passed by in a blur. Below deck was stuffy and dark, and many people were sick and coughing. Some of them died. My father came down with fever soon after boarding, and after that, the days melted into one another. He tried to care for us, but he was sick, and all we could do was try to sleep. The captain would let us up on deck once a day, and when we went... That made us take deep breaths of the fresh sea air. He said it would keep us strong. But I wasn't sure I believed him. We could see no land in any direction. And I wondered if we would ever reach Canada at all. swallow us.
2: No, of course not. It's just a storm. This boat was built to be strong and to sail through any rough seas.
1: I wish Ellen would settle. Do you think she's alright? Is she going to get sick?
2: She's alright, Margaret.
1: I'm worried for her.
2: Don't be worrying, pet. Why don't you tell us a story? One of Ma's stories.
1: Ah, da. I don't remember them.
2: Of course you do. You must know them off by heart. You loved hearing them when you were younger.
1: I'm too old for them now.
2: Now go on. It might settle the child.
1: (sighs) All right. But just one. Ma heard this story from her father, who heard it from his own father, and he swore it was true. There was a fairy fort near where they lived, with trees all around it, and everyone knew they were never supposed to go there. But one time, a man was passing on his way home from the market, and he heard music. So he followed the sound into the fort, and you'll never guess what he saw. A huge feast of meat and beer and wine and sweet cakes. And the fairies, for they were all there celebrating. They told the man to help himself to anything he wanted, anything at all, and he was tempted, of course he was. But he knew that if he ate anything, he could never, ever leave. So, for fear of causing them offence, and you would never wish to cause the fairies offence, he pretended to drink from their cups, and he let on that he was eating their food. But as soon as they all fell asleep, he ran home and he never, ever went inside the fairy fort again. "'Wake up. We're here. I heard them say it. We've arrived in Canada.'
2: "'Oh, oh, thank God. Margaret.'
1: "'I could scarcely believe it was true, and if I had been stronger, I would have left up in excitement. But my legs felt far too heavy. I folded our blanket, that was now in need of a good wash, and wrapped our clothes in a bundle. I wanted to be ready as soon as we were allowed to leave.' I'd expected that there might be a rush to get off the boat, but most of the passengers moved slowly, too weak after the journey.
4: All right, can everybody hear me? We're going to disembark here at grosse Ile, an island off the coast of Quebec, so we are not yet on the mainland of Canada. And due to the high numbers of sick passengers, Everyone needs to be inspected by the medical staff and brought through to quarantine. Anyone who's well enough to walk should make their way out now. Anyone else should wait until we assist you.
1: What does that mean, Dad? Quarantine?
2: I'm not sure, Pet. But the most important thing is that we'll finally be off the boat. Hold Ellen's hand now.
1: As we waited our turn to leave, I watched the other passengers start to make their way up on deck. They were a ghastly sight, thin like skeletons, and some had skin a sickly yellow colour. I saw the look on the doctor's face as he examined them, and I knew it was bad. He was horrified. I wondered how we would look to him. I guessed we were thinner than when we started the journey. Our supplies had run out before long, And we had had to manage on the little food and water that the crew gave us. But Ellen and I had somehow been spared from the fever. It was only my father who had become sick. And now he couldn't seem to shake the illness.
4: Move along. Anyone who is unable to go further must stay here until we can transport you to the quarantine stations.
2: Margaret, pet, I don't think I can go.
1: I'll help you, Dad. It's all right. You
2: can't help me. And mind Ellen as well. Let me just rest here for one moment.
1: No, please try, da. Otherwise the doctor is going to take you away from us. But it was too late. The doctor had spotted my father and without hesitation, he sent him to wait with the passengers for quarantine.
4: Everyone else move towards the other group.
1: Excuse me, that's my father. Can we go with him?
4: You will disembark here at grosse as will your father, but you and the child will go to a different tent for those who are healthy.
2: It's all right, Margaret. I'll have a chance to recover and join you after that. Excuse me, sir. Where are you taking the children?
4: After we've registered them, I should think the Charitable Society of Catholic
2: Ladies will take care of them. Don't worry. I'll find you there, Margaret. As soon as I'm better. Stay with Ellen. Don't let them separate you.
1: I won't. I promised her. chance to say goodbye and my father was there one moment and the next my sister and I were being ushered away with the others who were well enough to walk in the tent we were quickly examined by another doctor and given some oat cakes and water and we were placed with a group of children orphans and others like us who were all on their own because their parents were sick some of the little ones cried and some of them were quiet and looked lost Ellen was too little to understand she kept looking for Da, but I tried to distract her by pointing out the different boats outside. All right, children.
0: Everyone who has been seen by the doctor must follow me to the steamboat. It's going to take us to the mainland.
1: Alright, right, Ellen, why don't I tell you another one of Ma's stories? She heard this one from her mother and she told me when I was about your age. There was a man who lived not far away from my grandmother and he played the fiddle. And one day he was travelling home from work when he saw a fairy being chased by a fox. He didn't hesitate to help the fairy and the fairy was very grateful and went on his way. The very next morning, the man woke up and he found that he could play the fiddle far better than he had ever played it before. Everyone was amazed at his talent, but the man always said that it was the fairy that gifted him it. You're good at settling the child.
0: Perhaps you can help me with the others. I'm sure they would like to hear more stories. It might calm
1: them. Of course. Come here, children. Come and hear a story. And so, I told more of Ma's stories. All her curious tales of fairies, enchanted music and mysterious strangers. And a small group of children next to me listened, wide-eyed, until we reached the mainland.
0: Thank you for your help on the boat.
1: You're welcome, but it's a small
0: thing to tell a story. Well, I think for a little moment you may have helped some of the children forget all they had been through. And that's no small thing. Now, I need to register all of your details. Where are you from and what age are you?
1: We're from County Clare. I'm sixteen and my sister is two.
0: Ah, I think you're probably too old to stay at the orphanage. We can help you find work though. Maybe a family might take you in and you can help with the housework. Now, everyone in Quebec speaks French and I'm sure you'll learn the language before too long. But there are also some Irish families already here who might be glad of someone like you from home.
1: But I can't leave my sister.
0: Well, do you have the means to take care of her? To pay for a roof over her head? Uh, We can mind her
1: here and you can visit and if you manage to get on your feet... No, I can't leave her. I'm grateful for your help. But I promised my father we'd stay together.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh, you're putting me in a bit of a tight spot here.
1: You said I was good with the children. I could help at the orphanage. Well,
0: I suppose we could always do with a resident storyteller. But you'll need to do more than that. There's cleaning, tending the infants. I
1: can work hard. I'll do whatever is needed. And when my father recovers...
0: All right. All right. We'll try it and see. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, and here in Quebec we say merci.
1: Merci. I held Ellen close and looked back across the water towards Grosse-Ile, where I hoped my father was recovering. And I imagined that I could see even further, beyond the Atlantic Ocean to Ireland. In my mind's eye... I saw it again, our little cottage in Clare, with my mother standing outside. She smiled at me, and I knew that I would never truly leave her behind. So sad, Mum. All those people who had to leave Ireland.
0: Forever. Yes, it is sad. Did any of our ancestors leave? Oh, I've no doubt. We'd have to do a bit of research to find out, though. Ask Grandad if he knows about it. Maybe some of the relatives from County Clare might have left.
1: I didn't know we had relatives from Clare.
0: Oh, it was way back. There's no family there now. But there definitely was at one stage. Do you not remember Grandad talking about the ring force? The ring fort? Yeah, you know, they sometimes call them fairy forts. There's supposedly one in Clare, near where our relatives lived. Fairies? Yes, fairies. Oh, Granddad used to tell a great story about the fairy fort. So it starts one night with a man on his way home, when he hears Music <laughs>
1: This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.